0: Smooth Thrills Radio Hour. I am, as usual, your host, Jason Rutledge. So it's the seventh and last episode of Series 4, if you've been following along in real time. If maybe you're from the future and you're rummaging through the back catalog right now, then who knows where this one lands for you. Just know that this is, believe it or not, our 30th official episode, and our second dealing with cyberpunk. The first, of course, being hardware back in Series 1. This time around we're talking about what many consider to be Catherine Bigelow's either best or second best film, depending on how you feel about it. It's the 1995 classic Strange Days. Nathan, Katie, and Joe are here to talk all about it. But first, you should know we got really close to getting Ray Fiennes himself on the show to talk about the movie. Sadly though, we had to cancel. He wouldn't say anything about the movie. All he wanted to do was talk about some old TV show he wanted us all to watch.
1: I I can't tell you. You gotta see it.
2: I'm not doing it.
1: I know what you think about The Wire. But you gotta see it. It's that important.
2: I have a There Will Be Blood one of those dvds and i've not opened it and it was one that they actually sold these at like truck stores because truckers would buy these as like a rental and they were like five bucks and they lasted 48 hours and there used to be like this forum where people were trying to preserve them Um, they put them in the freezer (laughs) all kinds (laughs) of shit to prolong the life i'm just go buy the movie i mean it's you know 15 bucks i
0: want to keep my five dollar disc forever (laughs)
2: Yeah. No, but I still I have. It, I have there will be blood. <laughs> I'll have to send a photo. I'll have to look, look for it. But it's still sealed and it's like in a cardboard sleeve. It's got the artwork wow. and everything.
3: Me and a buddy were driving to Austin and like hitting, you know, the thrift stores and whatnot. Yeah. And went into one and there was a couple, a uh, copy of Double Dragon on DVD. And it's, you know, in the snap case and it has the the ones that are kind of transparent, the well, disc anyway. Is, yeah. Well, is kind of transparent. Divix
2: was weird. Like you had to buy a Divix machine player. type machine yeah, and it was circuit city endorsed pretty much Oh, that's and you could do death. a rental period but you could pay the difference to secure the media on the disc i've got wall street on divix doesn't work at all <laughs> i just i just you know it's a it's a, like a goodwill thing like he's saying you know you see uh-huh. it and i'm like fuck yeah i'm gonna buy that so like you could endure the process by paying the amount but The problem was once the uh, DivX as a system went out of style, like none of them, all of them are rendered useless, basically. And they were also all full screen transfers. At the time, they were doing like brand new movies, you know, and it
0: would be great great to have a copy of Mission Impossible that's like that. And go. And go. yeah. (laughs) We're going to set the scene for you here. So welcome, everybody, to the Smooth Reels Radio Hour, coming to you from the shattered remains of Old East Dallas. I say shattered, of course, because as you all know, the world actually ended back in 1999. Well, no it didn't, but by 1995, it certainly felt like it was coming at us pretty fast. We kicked off the 1990s with the first Gulf War and the invasion of Iraq, followed that up with the riots in Los Angeles after the Rodney King verdict, bombing of the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, the first bombing of the World Trade Center in New York, siege of the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, and that was just the first five years. With all that, you might think society was absolutely coming apart. Our growing sense of chaos was further exacerbated by the fact that the millennium was coming up, which everyone just knew for sure was the end of the world. Feeding into the seemingly endless feedback loop of doom and gloom was this newfangled thing called the World Wide Web, which by 1995 was loaded up with about 600 websites and had just required the ability to send both audio and video. It was a wild time to be alive, kids. The world was on the edge of oblivion. We had this new technology that was introducing us to a whole new world of weirdness that was either going to enrich our lives completely or destroy us. Who knew? It was also a great time to make a killer cyberpunk movie. Enter Catherine Bigelow's 1995 epic tale of technology, paranoia, bad wigs, and the turn of the century, Strange Days. First question I would have to ask for you is, do you feel like this is a cyberpunk movie?
1: I can see where it would be considered that. Maybe not as extensively as some, but it has things Mm -hmm. in it that would be like that would have a correlation to that.
2: Maybe the verge of cyberpunk.
0: Well, if we remember back to when we talked about hardware, the themes of what defined cyberpunk were pretty new. They'd just kind of been established right about 1990, 91, at least in the literary world. And you had themes of addiction and alienation, uh, street samurai, which we kind of have in this movie. Killer soundtrack, got to have the killer soundtrack, and the overall theme of high techs for low lifes which we definitely get in this movie. So it it's right there. I don't know if I think of it because completely a, a cyberpunk movie myself. It feels more like a murder mystery with some other stuff kind of glued on top of it,
3: like future noir,
0: something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah, I would go with that. Like it's not. It it had the same uh, feel that a lot of. Not a lot of, but uh, movies of that time did with like uh, um, hackers and mm. stuff like that, where it's not really cyberpunk, but it's kind of near future, just just far enough to allow you to have some, you know, not quite flying cars, but here's something mm. where you can, you know, live somebody's life for five seconds.
0: Like Max Headroom, 20 minutes into the future. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about the flying car thing, one thing I found kind of strange is they're living in this world where they have this amazing technology where you put a piece of like a kitchen appliance on your head and can look at other people's thoughts. But no one has any other advanced technology more than that. There's no cell phones. There's no there's nothing. Everything's exactly the same.
3: Yeah, he had a cell phone. He called Macy. Whenever I mean, there were cell towed, phones prevalent in on new watch. so... He put on his mm-hmm. another fake watch, and then... Call, but call, you know what I'm Matt saying, there, a
0: there phone is, too. there's almost zero other advanced technology in this world of the movie. Well, we're only, like, four years ahead of... They're smart not to overdo
2: it, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
2: know what I mean? Like, it just looks like the fringe of society is about to crack, and this is, like, it's almost like drugs in a different light. Mm. It's like now it's technology
3: and we're, you know, we're still it,
2: right? It feels like it could have actually happened. Definitely like that. Like we didn't know where virtual reality was going to go within the 90s and it felt like it was
0: the only exposure we had was the to some more, man. I mean, what are you going to do with that?
2: Well, come on. You had brain scan was awesome. Brain scan, brain scan man, okay. see
3: that that's one. I don't even really want to remake. I would just like a redo on all the CGI in that movie. Like any <laughs> any brain scan, because otherwise I fucking love that movie. The tone of it is so. Amazing. Yeah, but I don't. I don't and mind
2: the tech, like the CGI, because it's you know part of the the technology at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: I understand that, and like I, I I get like there's the charm in some movies, but for that it it takes me out because <laughs> it sets such a such an interesting and unique tone to it.
2: Well, I mean, I think you could say worse about Lawnmower Man,
3: though. Oh, definitely could. But see, that one, it's so like it's it's as much of the movie as the movie itself, where where Brain Scan, it was more
2: It's it's an escape
3: well it's more it's more incidental it's not incidental it's more like because it's like it makes up 10 percent of the movie for the most part
0: would it have been possible to do <laughs> it all pr- practical like um, in something along similar lines like dreamscape you may remember but they Dennis wouldn't Quaid. have
3: at the time i don't think because everybody was so excited to use the technology
2: that's right true. They were, yeah and, and like you mentioned earlier, we were talking about Double Dragon. That was the height of the video game movies, too, with Super Mario Brothers and Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. So everybody was on that bandwagon. See, and
3: That's another one where Mortal Kombat, it's like it's still it looks awful today, obviously, but it has that charm because sure. it is, like you said, of the era. But for me, for some reason, with brain scan, it's such a small part of the movie, but it's mm-hmm. also the end. Like, it's where everything is hinging, and then all of a sudden you're getting taken out because it's like, this is bad looking, this is awful.
0: So, as far as I know, there was no CGI in Strange Days, but there was new technology introduced for this movie, which was that head-mounted, tiny, but somehow still 35mm camera, where they got all the point-of-view shots. From what I've read, they had a team of people that spent almost a year developing this thing just for the movie. Because they had nothing else that would work in quite the same way.
3: I'm glad they took the time on it.
0: I mean, they, it could have gone a very different direction and been horrible, but it works well here, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you think it's? Do you think that was um, James Cameron's input? Like, you know, because he's very much wanting to do new stuff in movies. So, do you think that that was kind of?
0: That is a possibility, and this is something Nathan and I were discussing earlier before we even before we started was how hard it is to sort of tease out how much of this movie is Catherine Bigelow and how much of it is James Cameron.
3: I'd like to think it's mostly Catherine Bigelow, honestly. I mean they were married
0: at the time, right? They were married. They were not. Um they were married from eighty nine to ninety one. Now we'll say this also for for any of the listeners. Normally we sort of shy away from discussing celebrity relationships. It can feel a little gossipy. So we normally keep that on the QT and very hush hush, so to speak. But in this case, I think it's unavoidable. And this was very much a well, yeah, symbiotic relationship is, between those two.
3: It has to do with the movie too, because, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, with everything there. I, I wish they would have well, stayed together, honestly, just because then we wouldn't have avatar probably. Cause she's, mm. she would have steered them in a different direction. Maybe she's she's a smart lady.
0: Well, the movie was a part of if and Nathan, you may remember this better than I do. Was I think it was a part of a two-picture deal that was a Paramount made with uh, Cameron's company, Lightstorm. It was this movie and True Lies got financed century fox deal. Was it twentieth? I mean, True Lies got this a giant pile of money, and Strange Days got a tiny, tiny pile of money. But that's how it got made. I don't think she could have done it on her own necessarily. That would have been great.
2: No, maybe not. And plus, she had just made, you know, Point Break.
0: Point Break. That was distributed
2: by 20th Century Fox. So they definitely wanted more from her. Holy shit, you're blowing
3: my mind. She made Point Break? Yes. I had no idea.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow. dark. That's awesome. Yeah. And Blue Steel also.
0: If you watch her movies that are exclusively hers and Cameron's movies, you can kind of tell where those parts are in strange days. Like everything about the experimenting with gender fluidity by putting this thing on your head and becoming a 19 year old girl in a shower. That is definitely her. That's her thing. The entire, at least I feel the entire deference to authority. And if we just believe in the system, it'll be okay. comes from Cameron. When you have this ending where, oh, it's not a systemic problem, it's just these two rogue guys and we can take care of it. That feels like his influence. Because uh-huh. you see it again in stuff like, you see it in Aliens, where you have this military force that's been corrupted by the evil corporation, and once they get rid of that, everything is set right again and everything gets back on track. The same thing happens in Avatar. That, to me, is where Cameron's influence kind of comes in. Now Cameron himself would probably say that he's responsible for everything, and she was just along for the ride because that's the kind of guy that he <laughs> is. But those are the dividing lines for me. At least I think so. You may have a different opinion on that.
2: That sounds about right because it's anyone's guess what what. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a you know very little background information like as far as like interviews and stuff from Cameron that I've seen. It's mostly Bigelow interviews or the cast and. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? I mean, he wrote the story, he wrote the screenplay, he was a producer on it. Ultimately, he's kind of the final cut in a way. So, yeah, Jason and I, before we started recording, we're talking about the length of the movie, and it feels very Cameron esque in length versus mm-hmm. a Bigelow film.
3: That's this is a movie mm-hmm. that I every time I sit down to watch it, which hasn't been often because I haven't had a copy in years. Um, it, I completely forget that it's a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah, (laughs) But it's also one of those few that has such a good pacing that it doesn't feel like a a two-and-a-half-hour movie either.
2: So I feel like it does feel like it. I think it could definitely
1: benefit from being tighter. There are things that could have been resolved quicker or maybe not even in it at all that could have cut the rundown time without impacting the overall story.
3: Do you think those things could have stayed in if they
0: hadn't uh, done as much slow mo?
1: I don't think the slow mo (laughs) is what the the runtime's responsible for. It it,
0: it does feel like a a, a movie that's trying to serve two masters and gets a little bloated because of that. mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think the technology is a big like focus of the movie too, where we spend a lot of time in that whole playback world, Hmm. and some of that you don't need the whole episode. You know live yeah. through the whole thing you know mm-hmm. um obviously there's pivotal moments when angela bassett
1: i love that. Is coerced
2: into finally mm-hmm. watching the one that has glenn Plummer's demise spoiler alert in it and yes you know that makes that's a motivation that that makes sense you need that do amazing i need in this movie the, too. the immersive uh I'm having sex with her, or you know, we're going skating. I mean, I get yeah. it. I don't. I, you could piecemeal that. You could probably chop this down they, to two hours.
0: They did the same thing in Brainstorm, which predates this movie. It's effectively the same ideas. But yeah, where you have the tape, it was golden tape in that case, and not Sony mini discs. But it was yeah. the same ideas that played through that. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. You were about to say how much you recognize Glenn Plummer from Showgirls and Showgirls Two, Pennies from Heaven. I really yes. don't like him. Or was it Vegas I mean, he is Vampires? He a terrible
3: rapper in this movie.
2: I like that dude. Hey, he sticks out a franchise. He does
0: Showgirls 2, and he does Speed 2. Come on. That's, that's... And then it's 2 Society, which I don't think was a sequel. <laughs> it could be. It could be. No, I was going to say, speaking of this technology, did they ever say in the movie why it was banned? They, we the know it's contraband te- or, or we know it's contraband technology, but we don't they never really say why. I assumed it was because no one had figured out how to drop ads into it in inappropriate moments like Tubi does, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> I assumed it was because since it was made for the FBI initially that the regular man wasn't supposed to have it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: it's kind of I think yeah they there.
3: They hadn't figured out you know exactly how to control it
0: with ads. With
2: that. that would be very annoying jason can you imagine doing a vr sequence and having like you know
3: you're just taking a shower you're 19 and all of a sudden all of a sudden a you get a life Liberty insurance commercial drops right, right <laughs> in there come on <laughs> fucking state farm pops in <laughs> over and would
1: the ads also over. be in vr like would you be in okay, the ad
3: could you <laughs> that skip- would be inter- okay that or might would be it interesting just be? yeah you just skip the ads. How could you do that?
1: <laughs> you have to wait. Just smack eight
3: yourself seconds in the head. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny if you did have to wait eight seconds and, like, you were doing a VR thing where you were riding a bull.
2: <laughs> or I'm trying to murder someone in this film. And yeah. then all of a sudden.
0: Oh, man, an ad? So I was, was just raping this up. girl. Yeah. It's fucked up. I don't know how this kind of tech would not be just completely nausea-inducing, because to me, that would be like watching something like Cloverfield with your face about 12 inches away from the screen all the time. Well,
1: for some people, regular VR is nausea-inducing, and they can't partake in it. Hi, I'm one of those, so I mean, anything (laughs) like that is going to be that way, regardless of the extensive movement in it or not.
0: Well, I mean, at least with VR, it's interactive. This isn't an interactive process. You're just watching something and have no control over what's happening in front of you.
1: I don't which know. Would be um, Lenny tends to move around a lot when he did it.
3: I think yeah. he was just reacting to what he was seeing
0: because no, they I, get, I know, I, know. I was it.
1: being facetious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How are we all feeling about the the ending of this movie? And we're kind of skipping around a bit. Which ending? The one in the movie. I don't know, I know what other but ending you're you know, about. There's,
3: there's, a, there's a couple of different endings that get that gets tied up. You know, oh, you got
0: yeah, you right. got the, That's true,
3: and, and you got Max, yeah. and then you got the cops, and
0: oh, either one then,
3: or you got the very end where um, it was it was strange, but it makes sense at the same time. Where Lenny and Macy, uh, they, they go to up. the hospital.
1: I feel bad for her because she's he's like, Oh, the woman I want got arrested, so now I'm gonna settle for Angela fucking Bassett when she should have been the first choice regardless. I love Juliette Lewis, but
2: Well he's yeah, why is he punning after her? You know.
1: Yeah.
3: Well it's because he keeps sucking himself into the into the, the VR. So he yeah. keeps refeeling those emotions oh, and everything, definitely. so that that love never goes away. It just stays there. So he fixates on her, and that'll right. Yeah. But you're
1: seriously just using her as an afterthought because mm-hmm. the woman you really wanted, regardless of prolonging that love for her or not, is now not available because she's going to prison. <laughs> I just, if I was her, I would have felt a little, I don't know jaded there
3: i maybe it was uh, uh that was what he needed to see to open his eyes to what she was to oh, him
1: probably
0: there but the, the relationship between was... between mace and nero feels very maternal
3: yeah i didn't think that mm-hmm. i didn't think that that was needed at all with well, i mean
1: she basically confesses her feelings to him when mm-hmm. he's like have you ever been in love with somebody where it wasn't returned and she's like yeah i have because she's talking about him in that scene mm-hmm
3: speaking of that kind of stuff how about uh max app max his best friend literally stabbing him in the back how wonderful was that i loved that it was great (laughs) because they're just in a fight and it happens
0: max's only redeeming quality really is that he was wearing a wig the whole time and that was not his chosen hairstyle spoiler
2: alert it looked natural throughout what are you talking about
3: yeah, that's that's right, whenever... for the first
2: two hours and ten minutes of the movie. It looked natural.
3: <laughs> that was the that was the peak era Sizemore <laughs> acting.
0: Sizemore Dude, was on was. a hell of a run. Sizemore, yeah. in the space of oh, maybe yeah. four or five years, did True Romance, Natural Born Killers, Heat, mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan. I mean, oh my god!
2: And Natural Born Killers you, with Juliette so Lewis,
3: by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. God, he was so good in Natural Born Killers.
3: And Juliette Lewis is so good in so many things, but then like this, it seemed like the beginning of the movie, she she was good, and then she kind of checked out at the end. And I
0: don't know. I mean, she's doing like, the she best she acting can towards the, the end really did leave a lot to written. be
1: desired. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think like, her I character see, just becomes
2: totally, like, corrupt the by the end of The most unlikable person like,
0: in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she could salvage that, really. I don't know either. I mean, clearly, we're not supposed to like this character, but holy shit.
1: <laughs> it is one of those where is the acting bad or is it just what's in the material? You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
2: Because, I, I mean, like, maybe she has her own purposes, like, in her own mind as an actor as to how she gets mm-hmm. to that point as a character. But we don't see it in the film. It's certainly not on the page. Yeah. Other like than yeah,
3: we're not mind readers.
2: Mm. Gosh. but i mean that's not on her that's you know yeah, she can only what, do so uh, much the with what she's, she's given mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: then let's all just blame james cameron let's do it because obviously or, it's not Catherine bigelow she
0: no 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 no. Not
2: do we know that. this is two hours and 25 minutes but do we know if there's a longer cut out there
0: i've never heard of it i wouldn't doubt it that i have not heard of one because
2: i'd imagine a lot was chopped out to get to that running well demand. it
0: was a very very long shoot I want to say filming began June 6, 1994, went 77 nights, and those were nights. They didn't shoot a damn thing during the day. Uh, Incidentally... No day
2: for night, no true foe.
0: Incidentally, on a side note that you may find interesting, they started on June 6. Uh, O.J. Simpson was formerly charged about 10 days after that, which started that slow-motion Bronco chase through Los Angeles while they were making this movie. And if you remember... There were a lot of conspiracy theories going around that O.J. had been set up by the LAPD. Now, to say this didn't influence the movie at all, I, I don't know, but O.J. was also acquitted October 3rd, 95, which is 10 days before Strange Days had its national release. Wow. So all of this, I guarantee you, this was in the, on the minds of the people who were in the theater with me when we saw this, when it got to that ending where, no, it's not, just, it's not the cops that are inf- responsible. It's just these two guys. I heard people groaning in the theater because it was still fresh in everybody's mind. I don't know if that affected still- the grosses of the movie. I don't, I can't say for sure. I mean, it was marketed terribly, but that was, yeah, that was part of the environment where this movie was released. I didn't see I rented it from Blockbuster whenever it first came out.
3: And
1: to an extent, it's still relevant now. Because when I was watching it, I, um, I was worried when the other cops started beating the shit out of angela bassett's character and -hmm. you think the cops are going to like get away with it and i was like oh my god i hope that is not the route that the end of this film is going to take and then of course it doesn't but then it kind of layers it on with the whole aspect of it's just these two not the whole system of cops and so Mm -hmm. i really thought it was going to take a different direction
3: yeah those cops piss me off whenever they start beating on her it's like come on now and then, the, and then the and then the old white man has to come was. save her.
1: Yeah, there is that.
3: Like, what the fuck is he doing in the middle of this shitstorm? Like,
1: well, he was at the party thing. He was at the was party. Happening. Yeah, when did right he have there? a chance
2: to watch that? By the way,
3: if if he was if if you're that guy, you're mm-hmm. like I don't see that in your character. You're going to go out to this the the middle of this shitstorm. Oh. Like you're at the yeah. party. Well,
1: I- well, right. I mean, as the commissioner, because isn't he the commissioner of the police force?
3: He's the. I thought of he was chief. like a. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought he was like a governor.
1: Oh no, no, no! He was head of no. the. Okay. Force.
0: He was chief okay. of police. Which Joe. I stand corrected. You may find this interesting. Also, this movie caught a little bit of flack for that very thing because the guy they cast as the chief of police in this movie bore a striking resemblance to the actual Los Angeles chief of police at that time. Hmm. And there were people who were saying, like, this is some sort of weird apology to the L.A. Police Department or something. What's going on with this movie?
3: Or is it opening up that, uh, you know, this guy is not listening to the people?
0: Because <laughs> he didn't until the very end.
1: So, yeah, are they doing you know, it intentionally? Until that Literally part? the
0: very end of the movie, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I'm uh, I'm old white man. I'm here to save the day. Uh, <laughs> you might... Hey, stop being that black woman, tag. please. Please. Yes, Kevin. Okay, It does yeah.
2: feel really tacked on, though, like it he's does. saying because also he goes get that woman some medical attention and then he walks yeah. away like all right I don't give a fuck and then, my then he embraces later on and Here's he's like let's help you get out of here I'm like yeah. wait, wait you didn't give a shit about her a couple of minutes ago yeah
1: I am the white savior yep there's yeah. yeah.
3: I don't know if you guys noticed, um, but whenever he he did say after he said get her some medical attention and he's walking away, if you look closely, he's not actually walking away, he's levitating away. And okay. he's got his arms outstretched just a bit. So Okay.
2: <laughs> well there's I you didn't know wanna, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of tripping hazards, so that's smart. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I think he was on rollerblades because rollerblades were big at the time. And they were like oh, yeah. the future of transportation.
2: Yes. And so this there's your flying actually...
3: car, motherfuckers!
2: This was originally written as a sequel to Solar Babies, actually. Oh, So it's interesting.
0: I, th- I thought I thought you were going to go with Thrashin' on that one, but okay. No.
2: I'll no, but typically that. I would go with Thrashin' always.
3: It's, it's not obscure always. enough. <laughs> got to go with Solar Babies.
0: It's better than Red. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, were they ever clear about why Lenny Nero got kicked off the force?
1: I don't remember them saying it because I was curious. I don't
0: think so. It's a strange thing to omit. I mean, it doesn't matter that much, but you'd think they would kind of, you know, drop something.
3: Whatever the case may be, it was probably a very strange day. Mm. Everybody nods and she disagrees.
2: <laughs> She's nodding, but not in the right direction. I don't
1: think it's necessarily a, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Angela Bassett, she wasn't she. She was a cop too, right? She. I don't think no. so, no. How did she get into the business of... Uh, basically limo bodyguard.
1: I got the I impression know. she always did, and the oh, only okay. reason their paths crossed is that he was there the day her baby daddy got arrested taking okay. care of her son. Man,
0: she's Maybe in the extended cut they go into that, I don't know. Was there a novel cut? She she's in the movie? She's,
1: she's like, so she's like his
2: it. muscle throughout the movie. It's embarrassing mm-hmm. for uh-huh. him, because he's like not that yeah. likable of a character <laughs> to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you kind of sympathize with him because when you have that flashback where he is sitting, you know, with her Mm -hmm. child and, you know, and, you know, they have that history.
0: Well, speaking to the likability of him, I know that Ray Fiennes was not the first choice for casting that I think Cameron, I think, wanted Andy Garcia.
3: Oh, well, I'm glad that he was the last choice for casting.
0: They felt that. Ray Fiennes just brought much more of a humanity to it, much more of a vulnerability to it. I think was necessary for that character.
2: You're not a Garcia fan.
1: I don't think for this character.
0: No, not for this character at all.
2: Hmm. Well, he no, to be a... he, he would have been. He would have been very underutilized in this role. I think, yeah. based off of what he'd done before, it'd be like, yeah.
0: And hadn't Ray Fiennes already won an Oscar by this point?
2: I don't know not, the English patient was that ninety five or ninety four?
0: It was really did close. Win for
1: Schindler's List?
0: Real close on yes, that's what it was. I think he did pick up the Oscar for Schindler's List before this. Okay,
2: that was ninety three. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. English patient was ninety six, so it wouldn't have been okay.
0: that. If that had something to do with the overall budget for the movie, I don't know because they spent, I believe, forty two million to make this movie, and it made back about eight. Damn! Mm-hmm. It came out in a. It was an October release. Which is not death necessarily, but it's you know it's two and a half hours long. It's it was not marketed well. It just I definitely got... feel like the
1: time dumped. is a bad. Uh, it 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 hurt it instead yeah. of mm. helped it immensely.
2: I mean that was a big year. You were talking about Sizemore and Heat. That was that same year. Seven had slaughtered the box office for weeks on end. Probably around that same period. Mm-hmm. And of course, Showgirls.
0: Oh yeah, like yeah. I always forget that
1: Seven came out in '95.
2: An epic soundtrack album, by the way.
3: That's not on on vinyl, sadly.
0: That's kind of weird. It's
2: on CD. I Still
0: have mine. Yeah. Most of the music from the movie was done by I had Graham Revell. If you know the name, you may not know the name <laughs> Graham Revell, but you've heard his work. He did all the music for Dead Calm, Boxing Helena, The Crow, Tank Girl, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, from dusk till did dawn, the the beginning. So I mean, Street Fighter guy was everywhere. Street Fighter, sure.
2: Well, we talk about he did the crow, Michael Wincott, who's essentially mm-hmm. playing another version of Top Dollar, the same character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a British version of it.
3: <laughs> that, that's very sleepy.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's always got his robe
0: on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Top Dollar Hugh
0: Hefner. A, he was a different <laughs> character in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves i guess and
3: metro
2: <laughs> and wild horse hank of course
3: wild horse
0: hank.
2: <laughs> what the do fuck I is that crickets? why do i hear crickets?
0: you're the only person in the world that remembers wild horse hank
2: <laughs> linda blair's in it you know? she okay.
0: doesn't even remember it she
2: totally does no she
0: doesn't i asked her do you like that <laughs> that john saxon moment where he presented him with the thing to get autographed and he didn't remember being in it you're like But, John, you called it your greatest achievement in film. What the hell? (laughs) He goes, yeah, but that was that week. I mean. He's like, no, no, you misheard me. I
3: meant it was my Wednesday. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Nothing better than, like, failing at a joke and then getting Jason to laugh. (laughs) It makes it worth it. Sure,
2: sure. Slam dunk. Ernest!
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Ernest saves the joke.
2: (laughs) Did anybody catch Jim Varney in this, by the way?
3: No. Beverly Hobel, open this weekend, too.
2: I I think that was before that. But you didn't catch Mm. his brief role in the beginning?
3: No. Come on. he in the robbery thing? Let's have the punchline, Nathan.
2: No, he wasn't in it. No, he wasn't. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, sometimes weird shit like that does happen. Yeah. Like uh Danny DeVito in Car wash. I just see like... I just see
3: <laughs> got this panning by a house and you just see it pop into the window. Hey Bert. <laughs> it just keeps going. Or maybe that's the, what it was, one of the ads in, in The
0: Marketing the, Guys like, demanded the it was in, in the movie. Or he's
3: got an Ernest VR that? that he's yeah, playing. Yeah. You know? like and it's all yeah. Brahms commercials.
0: The idea that Ern- <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas takes place in the same cinematic universe as Strange Days is bewildering. Absolutely it's
2: a long shot, but I'm telling you, yeah. you can make it happen if you think about it. It's actually, Ernest Goes to Jail, but, but anyway.
3: That was a hardcore one.
2: Oh, I got to say, my favorite line in this movie, and I was, his ass is so tight when he farts, only dogs can hear it.
0: <laughs> I've used that many times.
3: <laughs> I know, I remember, I remember. Just oh,
0: this weekend? Well, it was a Saturday
3: can i
1: talk a second about like the vr in other films like the use of vr because it makes me think of like cronenberg's um extends is that how you pronounce *Extends*, yeah, yeah, yeah and then last year um his son brandon cronenberg did a film called possessor which kind of also has a vr aspect of it like you're um it's about an assassin who their uh, consciousness is projected into another human and then they use that body to then be an assassin so it just kind of made me think of mm. those films when watching it
2: it's a definite i didn't even sub-genre. think about
1: it yeah. yeah i didn't even think about it them both being cronenberg films just one's david one's brandon
3: did a you watch the the uncut or the rated of the of possessor
1: both no only uncut
3: okay i was curious like how much different the uncut was because i accidentally i didn't know there was an uncut version available so I got just the rated one, and mm-hmm. I didn't care for it that much. I didn't think it was oh, all Oh, I great. love
1: that movie. That's like one of my top films of last year.
3: Uh, it was like, the, the violence was quite jarring, that's for sure.
0: They make a point in Strange Days, at least Nero does, that the clearly the selling point of this technology is sex and violence. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. immensely. And that's yeah, usually I mean, how did, it always he, is. What does he say in, in there? Film. Is it,
0: it's not adultery if you're using this thing? I think that's mm-hmm. the line? Yeah, he's he no, like, yeah. your ring
1: doesn't matter. Yeah, right, right, right. But he also does talk about that people don't necessarily want the death aspect of it because then it takes them out of what they are basically projecting themselves onto. Mm
0: -hmm. He don't deal with blackjack. No, die in the dream. You die in real life, buddy. That's how that works.
3: No, it isn't. (laughs) Stop trying to make shit up to to get this technology (laughs) just suppressed.
1: You know, mentioning uh, Jason's thing about the ads being on there, all I could think about was is if this existed now, you wouldn't be able to ever have music in the background because it would have
0: to be <laughs>
1: taken out because we you know, DMCA'd of, uh... that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I could think of the whole time I was watching it. You would just have the to have like a completely blank track with the just eagles, speaking, and you'd the have eagles to The eagles disrupted your own music my
0: in. whole adulterous experience. <laughs> <laughs> Don Henley came in and said, you can't use it.
2: Well, there's another subgenre <laughs> at play here. It's the New Year's Eve movie. Does mm-hmm. yeah. anybody watch this traditionally on New Year's?
1: I have traditional who has the New Year's movies, but not this.
3: Yeah, who has two and a half hours to watch this New Year's <laughs> movie? True,
2: and you got to be in the mood for this one. You really mm. do.
1: Yeah, it yeah. definitely isn't one of those, like, I'm just going to randomly put it on in the background while I clean the apartment type movie. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is nice that they have the New Year's Eve thing going along right alongside all the usual apocalypse tropes where, you know, how it goes with, like we talked about, the dead-end drive-in, random shits on fire, newspapers blowing everywhere, <laughs> confetti, it's funny
1: be- police beating on people. In- <laughs> Until they said it was set in L.A., I would have put money on this being in New
0: York. They don't expect. Um, do they ever explicitly say? Yeah, that say whole end so? yeah. sequence they kind of feels LA. like Times yeah, square and even the, uh,
3: Like where they, yeah, it does. Uh, but yeah, they, they do say L.A. quite a bit.
1: I just would have thought it was New York because even usually in your dystopian-esque environments, L.A. Yeah. is never shown that dark in films. It's usually still always bright. No bleeding.
0: A bright, well, well, landscape. Exception that proves the rule.
1: I also really liked the whole uh, Y2K being the end of the world thing, because Mm, that was like a really heavy aspect of my childhood when 99 into 2000 happened, like especially the religious aspect of it. So when he's listening to the radio and the woman on there is like, oh, well, you know, this is this is a sign of the end times. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is. Taking me back to my childhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like
3: the one caller that 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 was like. Uh, so, uh, which time zone is the apocalypse?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what time zone is God in?
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's hard to remember now, but it is difficult to overstate just how freaked out people were getting over. Oh, this they thing.
1: were, especially because of the whole aspect of like um, losing technology. Like the sure. banks would fail, and and this Airplanes would fail, and we would sky. have no money, and yeah. My
3: data. My data.
2: Well, yeah, and it sparked, this movie didn't spark it, but it's the earliest example that I know of that sparked the whole movie. There was a trend where there's a lot of TV movies about Y2K, you know, like the day after type scenarios. This is the best version. It had nothing to do with that trend. Yeah, it was making me remember Y2K and where I was. And I was actually curious as to where everybody was. Midnight. 99 going into 2000.
1: My grandparents' house in Parsonsburg, Maryland, and they had us convinced that the planes were gonna fall out of the sky and that the world <laughs> was gonna end.
3: <laughs> you were should you have, have been bunker? taken out of their custody. No, yeah, we were just
1: in the rubble. What screen, is like, going on? But it was really, it was like harrowing. Like, I just. Yeah. I cannot explain that enough. Like, it, it truly was like, and honestly, every New Year's was the end of the times. Like, every New Year's was when the rapture was going to happen. Like, I oh, love my Shut family up, home. granddad. You've been Most saying this in 72. But that's what we chose this were. year. Oh, my God. It was something every year. Nope. Take me,
3: Jesus.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the Y2K, the way she's describing it, especially, that reminds me of the atomic bomb scare. You know, we didn't. None of us lived through that, so this is probably the closest we can equate to that. A, yeah, like, especially if you live in a tiny town.
1: It, yeah, like I feel like not everyone had it to the extent that maybe my, me and my sister did. But
2: I think a lot of people were on that on that bandwagon though too.
0: There were people here in Dallas because I was living here at the time, who were you know freaking out but trying to be really casual about it. Like I'd see them at the grocery store, like let me get a can of beans here and maybe six or seven gallons of water. and uh, (laughs) and Just just like, come on, dude. I'm just thirsty. I think
1: if my dad could have gotten away with having a panic, like bunker thing, he would have. But my Mm. mom, my mom wasn't that bad. (laughs) My mom was like, no, Mm. fuck that.
3: Honestly, uh, oddly enough, I just remembered. I had just, I don't know if I can put this up, but that's me on New Year's Eve, Y2K. Okay. Was, uh, we, we just had a dumb house party. It was no big deal. What the deal. hell Like
2: this you, is Joe. the last photo Holy we'll shit. ever be able to take.
3: No, why'd you say that, Jason?
0: <laughs> what the hell happened to you, Joe? <laughs> oh, uh, I ate. How dinner. young? Look at how young and innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, no, think no, I forgot to share moment. my example.
2: What? Sorry. <laughs> Your example. I rented what? American Pie on New Year's <laughs> Eve, and. Uh, with the intention of, I was going to buy it because DVD was, you know. So I was still renting it on. I rented it on VHS, and with the intention of buying it later.
3: What was your first uh, DVD? DVD that you bought?
2: Uh, I bought two of them. I couldn't tell you which one I grabbed first.
3: That's okay. I I forgive you.
2: It was an American Werewolf in London, and The Exorcist. And this was back in '97, so they were the snap cases.
3: Yeah.
1: Do you still have them?
2: I don't have the exorcist. I have American werewolves. What happened to the
3: exorcist? Disgrass. Cause
2: that was the thing is it was full screen. It had just the teaser trailer. Oh, and then yeah. it came out with that special edition the following year mm. that had all the bells and whistles. So, so you, I wasn't double sure if you
1: had kept those because they were your first ones
3: like yeah. special. I should
2: know. have, I should have kept that one. Um, I think then,
3: the, I think I still have my first one. Like The first one that I bought, I bought before I had a, dvd player and it was starship troopers uh, that's the same then, thing
2: i did i had a friend who oh, had a dvd player i
3: that's... knew nobody but i was sure i was going to get one at some point right. that and uh, uh blair witch which is a weird choice for a new technology but i do actually still have the the hacks and cut that you sent me as well i've got it in a little I double so. disc case
0: forgot about that yeah dude so does anybody know why strange days is so incredibly difficult to find on on blu-ray or dvd
3: it wasn't for me until you told me it was.
0: That's, I mean, is okay. it is it just, is it is it expensive, <laughs>
2: difficult to find, or just difficult to find?
1: No, you if can you get it on it online... DVD on Amazon for eleven bucks.
3: Okay. Yeah, it's it's under twenty on mm-hmm. eBay all day, um, and before Jason even mentioned it, and that's how it always is. Uh, I see it every so often, you know, yeah. in in pawn shops and thrift stores and everything. It's not you know hard to find by any means until you're looking for it
0: until you're i think it's forward. odd <laughs> that it's
1: not streaming yeah like that is peculiar
2: that could be a disney thing though because now if it's 20th century fox they own it but this oh, and they're Ray definitely not going to put
1: it on disney plus right
2: <laughs> doesn't but, seem likely no
0: and
2: um, the licensing that they charge for anything else a lot of companies don't want to deal with So, like, if you're like a third party, like a shop factory or some distributor that wants to put it out on Blu ray, they don't, it's not worth it for them Hmm. to pay the steep fines, not fines, fees, and then not make back the profit, I suppose. I
0: know. I guess it just hasn't developed enough of a following over the years to justify putting out a new edition or.
1: Well, last time this happened for us is when we did. Oh, what is it called? Uh, Christian Slater.
2: Pump up the point. Yeah.
1: It literally was released no. out on Blu ray yeah. like two months later. <laughs> so maybe putting it in the universe, you know, maybe we'll get that. Blu-ray yeah. now. Maybe yeah. so. I
3: and
2: think we got that uh, triple disc uh, Blu ray limited edition of Mazes and Monsters just dropped recently, too. What? No, it didn't.
0: No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Oh, <laughs> man
3: trip he can read me thing. like
2: a pamphlet this guy
3: <laughs> i think my surprise to this not being on blu-ray is more in how important i find the movie like that how important it is to me so i just assume that it's important to everyone and that everybody knows about but nobody really knows hey, about it
0: a lot of people look at this as catherine bigelow's best movie i don't know near like dark it. Know. near dark
1: I've now only seen two of her films, so I can't make a huge assessment mm-hmm. on that. Which two? So, Near Dark and this. Mm.
3: You should watch Point you Break. Point the Break, Break is is awesome. What
1: if I had listed two movies that weren't even this one? And it's like, <laughs> that's how I let it go. <laughs> Have
3: you seen?
2: Well, his? maybe it's a Lightstorm entertainment thing, because okay. True Lies is still not officially available on Blu-ray, and that's 20th Century Fox as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, The Abyss isn't either, but that's not Lightstorm. I thought Storm. The
1: Abyss got a release uh, uh, a couple years ago didn't no. they get a
2: 4k nope the, he was talking about it and he was it. too busy doing another terminator movie that no one cares about and that alita stuff and the doesn't whatever the
3: is chihuahua the movie on blu-ray yet
2: i don't know i still That's have the high. dvd copy you sent me
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think he sent me three copies oh really yeah you got star odyssey huh
3: it was, it was- <laughs> It was tough to find.
0: It's not tough to find around so here.
3: Why don't you think The Beach is on Blu-ray?
2: That's another one. I don't know.
3: That one would look amazing. And, like, there's a, there's a, an HD transfer because it was on HD Net for a while. I think there's a UK version on Blu-ray.
2: I don't know. I think it has to do with, like, 20th Century Fox could license that stuff out. Who wants to take it on?
3: Yeah,
1: They may um, also there's... not want to put the time into it. Like, they're, you know, because I get the impression these restorations and all take a lot of effort and time just listening to people who do stuff like that for arrow and all of that that it may not be beneficial to them like yeah there are people who want it but cost effective wise it may not behoove them to
3: do it maybe it's yeah
2: maybe
3: maybe if Mm the big studios since they're gravitating away from physical media maybe those fees those licensing fees will become cheaper so the people like shout and scream and well, uh, all they, them can they don't have it. the
0: expense of actually putting yeah. out a plastic disc in 36 right. countries or whatever it is. Yeah,
3: and
1: it's always these not smaller companies. I don't want to say that, but it's always Arrow or whomever getting the rights to these. That when we do finally get these restorations and things like that, it's never the big companies doing it.
2: Right. No. So it's that outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. like people, and you know they're not going to sell for it. Yeah, right.
1: and they're not going to give up their stuff because what if they want to do it five years from now and we gave somebody else the rights to do it, so it just sits in limbo and then we don't get it.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully Mm -hmm. they'll get around to doing some kind of release so we can get that Glenn Plummer commentary that we've always wanted on Strange Days. Don't call it a comeback. And on that, it's time to end. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yeah.
3: Oh, what? Come on, Jason. We I got go to I
0: gotta put another quarter in the machine if we keep going. It's, so it's anyway.
3: like the longest, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the shortest episode for the longest
0: movie. There you go. <laughs> that could be, that could be. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: The show is over. Thank you for listening. The Smooth Thrills Radio Hour is a production of Ghost Craft and is recorded live in Dallas, Texas. Please email your questions and comments to autopilot at smooththrillsradiohour.com. Enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Morning.
1: has been ghostcraft presentation.